This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm your host, Sabrina Furminger. You've heard me talk a lot about diversity on this show, about the lack of representation in film and television, both in front of and behind the camera, and about forces within the community who are determined to elevate and amplify diverse voices. In the realm of Asian American and Asian Canadian film and television, there have been some noticeable gains and wins over the last few years. From the box office success of Crazy Rich Asians to the commercial success of Kim's Convenience to Parasite's win at the Academy Awards to Simo Liu's casting as Shang-Chi in the MCU, there's been a lot to celebrate. But right now, on this, the first weekend of Asian Heritage Month in Canada, I, an Asian-Canadian woman, do not feel like celebrating. That's because of the emergence of the kind of racism we saw in 1907 at the anti-Asian riots in Vancouver. The kind of racism that sent the Komagata Maru to its tragic end in 1914. That ugliness is rearing its face again, awakened by COVID-19. In Vancouver, a 92-year-old elderly Asian man was savagely beaten by a white man shouting racial slurs. On April 22nd, the Vancouver Police Department released a report indicating a significant increase in hate crimes targeted against Asian Canadians in Vancouver. And this does not sit well with a lot of people, including the stellar humans behind the Vancouver Asian Film Festival, which is also known as VAF. At VAF, they're doing more than simply being outraged. Yes, they're encouraging the general public to stand up against hate whenever it is safe to do so. But they're also issuing a call to action for filmmakers and members of the public to transform these negative racist attacks into positive 60-second public service announcement messages that will be shared online. The initiative is called Eliminate Hate. That's hashtag elimin number eight hate. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Barbara Lee, the founder of VAF, to speak with me about Eliminate Hate. Barbara, thank you so much for making time for us today. Hi, Serena. Thanks for having me. <sighs> what a time, eh? That's not my first question. I guess my first, my first question really is, you know, what has been 
your personal response to the attacks, like that horrific video we saw of that 92-year-old man and the rise of xenophobia and discrimination in general? Well, we started this program, um, the this campaign, Eliminate Hate, um, probably we had thought about doing it early February. Hmm. And just we, we're hearing stories, people are getting, you know, even innocuous, like, go back, China or go back home, things like that that were happening. Yeah. And we just thought it was just happening more than usual. And we knew that people, anyone wearing a mask, um, was feeling this sort of backlash towards what was happening. And it only got worse as the fear grew around the world. So we thought we got to do something. And then when I saw that police video, of the elderly Asian man who had dementia get pushed down and hit his head. I was beyond myself. I was so upset because that man could have been my father. My father passed away a few years ago, but he also had dementia. Often he would wander out a little bit confused. So that could have been any one of our fathers. Yeah. And it was really horrific to watch. And it also, I felt like powerless. So I was thinking, well, We've got to regain our power. We've got to stand up and speak out because no one's going to protect us but ourselves. It just seemed like because the police, it took 30 day, 40 days for them to release that. And in that time, you know, that's something else that we spoke about. Why did it take so long? That person could have gone out and hurt other people. Who's protecting our community? We need to stand up, speak out and say, we need to be protected. This is not right. And we're going to do something about it. And we're going to hold everybody accountable. Now, I, I hear the anger and I share your anger. Um, but am I also like, are, are you disappointed? Were you surprised at all by, by first the, the attack, but also the, the tepid response from the VPD? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am not surprised, but highly disappointed. It's been something that's been going on for years. I think partly it's our own community. We have to take some of that blame too because we're not, we don't often stand up and report these incidences. Mm. We just sort of think, okay, it's just, it'll pass. If we don't make too big of a deal out of it, then it'll just die, die off. But if we don't, then it's in a way, we're not, we're saying it's okay. By doing nothing, we condone these actions. And that's something that we need to tell the public out there, but we also need to educate our own, own community. Yeah. I'm thinking a lot recently um, about discussions about, you know, Asian immigrants and people from the diaspora being, you know, the, uh, the model minority uh, in North America and, and how quickly, uh, Asians were completely thrown under the bus, you know, as as soon as as COVID-19 began, honestly, yeah. killing Chinese people and people throughout Asia, you know, like the, they were the yeah. first victims. Like, it's just it's insane to me and made me very angry. I'm sure. Are, are you hearing this similar things, you know? Yeah, well, 
We, Vancouver Asian Film Festival is sort of connected to all the Asian film festivals around North America in New York and L.A. and San Francisco. So we've been hearing a lot of these reports and this rise and a lot of violent attacks that were happening throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then with, you know, with the president calling it the Chinese virus and, and sort of and that escalated certain attacks that were happening. So we were like, okay, this just is going to spread. We knew it was coming. Yeah. We knew things were, were going to happen. And we really wanted to be, um, we really wanted to make sure that our community was protected, that people would see how ridiculous this was. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, there are a few in the community that, that buy into it and are looking for scapegoats looking for, you know, an innocent Asian man to direct his anger at, which is ridiculous, even it's, without a fear of, of a, a virus going on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, um, I, sorry, I was just remembering, uh, you know, be, it, it's not always going to be a violent attack as well. I mean, it's also no. words. And my daughter was telling me, she's nine years old, she had told me that there's a, a little boy in her class and his family is actually from Hubei province. And, um, you know, he's he was just out on the playground and then some, you know, older white kids were, you know, running after him and calling him the coronavirus and stuff. And, you know, m- my daughter is severely disturbed by that. And she did you know, even at nine, step up, step in. But like, it's, it's what the adults are doing is also bleeding down into the younger people, right? The kids, this is touching everybody in multiple ways, physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. It does. And um, it's sad because I was actually supposed to be in New York and on a cruise that March 15th weekend. Oh, and I got a call from a friend of mine, you know, she's a white friend. And she said, listen, if you're going out there, don't wear a mask because this woman, this Asian woman who was wearing masks just got punched in the face on the street. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) like that is the kind of, and that was what was happening during that time. You know, people are warning people, don't do this. You're going to be targeted. And it was very much in people's minds that it wasn't safe. Now events have, haven't played out as much because of the whole lockdown and the quarantine and everybody's been at home, but we're really worried that once everything lifted, Mm. all that sort of festering anger and, um, you know, being stuck at home is going to come out in ways that will not be, it will, it may not be safe for Asian people to be out there. Yeah. And I'm, and you're right. It's not just has to be violent. It's that look that, those snide remarks, those microaggressions. And they weigh on the mental health of the Asian community. And I'm concerned about that because then it'll be a self-imposed isolation because of safety reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done a lot of research about the anti-Asian riots in Vancouver from 1907. So that's more than 100 years ago. And yet what you're describing, you know, that kind of, that anger, the hatred directed a group like that, that could happen, you know? Like it's, it's, we are only a few degrees away from that happening. Mm Mm-hmm. A hundred years later and and nothing's really changed. Yeah. Really, really sad. Well, except now... We have other ways of communicating, different ways of reaching people. 
um, which is one of the reasons that, you know, I'm I'm so excited is the wrong word when we're talking about this in maybe inspired. I am inspired uh, and heartened by uh, the Eliminate Hate campaign. Um, so could you tell me a little bit about uh, where the idea for this came from and who it is meant to reach or empower? Well, we can't, well, we knew that there was this sort of rise in anti-Asian sentiment. We didn't know how it was going to play out. We were reading this, what was happening in the U.S., and we wanted to do something. And then Wash the Hate came out in the U.S., and that was um, led by Tai Ma. A lot of Asian American celebrities were using the idea of, you know, do a video and wash your hands and um, just to spread the word about, you know, it's, it's a, it's a virus, not a people. Yeah. And viruses don't, aren't the cause of one, you know, should be blamed on one group of people. So we thought, okay, that that's great. And, but nothing was happening in Canada. And then we also saw all these reports. It was the, there was a lot of social justice, Asian, American, um, Pacific Islanders. Um, I can't remember the exact, but AP3Con started collecting stories, was asking the community, the Asian American community to report incidences. Mm. And so we thought, okay, that seems to be a really good way of doing it, but we're a film festival. So why don't we put the two together? Why don't we collect all these reports because we know that the Asian community, it's, they're very hesitant to report, make reports to the police. Yeah. So we wanted to encourage it, encourage the community in that way to say, hey, it's a safe place. We will take your stories anonymously. We just want to collect it for anecdotal. And just to show, you know, the police and organizations and government, this is happening. This is real. It's not just like one isolated thing. And they're and collectively there we need to do something to combat this rise in racism anti-asian racism so we started thinking okay we'll collect the the stories but then we also want to send a message out so we want to take in and we want to push out and the push out was the videos the um public service announcements just to say these people had experiences too you're not alone. We want to show the victims that they're not alone and that they're, they have a voice and we're going to do something about it. Hmm. And that's sort of what we want to do. So we're taking in to, to help people empower, pushing out to educate and to change attitudes and get a wider group of people to understand that this is not right and how and that we can do something about it. Yeah. Um, on the kind of the technical side of the videos, then, are there specific types of, of videos you're looking for, like genres or filmmaking techniques? Or is it pretty much like, 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 well, really, what are the what are the restrictions or the guidelines for these videos? They're posted on the website. So if you go to um, www.elimin.com, and then the number eight hate.org. We have a create your PSA section. Okay. And really, yeah, we just want something under 60 seconds. It can be your own, um, it can be your own personal story. It could be a message. We really ask people to, the themes we're looking for is empower, educate, and eliminate racism. So anything that you can, we don't want to, 
limit people's creativity. We don't want to limit what people do, but basically landscape 16.9 format. Uh, we would like to have eliminate hate hashtag on our website. And, um, you know, if you're able, if you can't do a video, then, then donate to it because we do have a lot of, we're trying mm -hmm. to make our own videos as well with people who, you know, certain celebrities that don't have, right now everyone's sort of in lockdown. So we're trying to help where we can. Yes, absolutely. So, so yeah. are you looking specifically for, um, uh, Asian Canadian filmmakers, filmmakers from the diaspora, or is it open to to anybody from any cultural background? It's open to anybody from any cultural background. We want to make it a wide because we are all in this together. Yes. Not to be a cliche, but there's racism has no, you know, there's no specific skin color that it only lands on. Yeah. So it's, you know, most, if somebody's racist against Asians, they're probably racist against, you know, African American or the, or the black community or the South Asian community. I don't think we have a monopoly on racism. Yeah. And I think we also have to support and we can't be looking at just our community. It's a widespread thing that we have to support each other. And through that, we build community and we build also you know, a greater movement. Yeah. Now, how do you think uh, people who are not uh, Asian or Asian Canadian can support Asians and Asian Canadians during this time? Well, I think, you know, people are always out socially and there's always certain comments that are made. And it's just, just to say, hey, that's not cool. Yeah. Or, you know, think about it. It's just to make people to stop and think about their own um, feelings about certain communities. Yeah. You know, and it starts by just changing people's minds and just little things, what we call microaggressions, just even mm. the thought of putting people in a separate not looking at them as individuals, but seeing them as entire race and a representation of an entire race, which is beyond ridiculous. So, you know, stand up when you see it, just to call it out. Yeah. Uh, what your daughter did was amazing, you know, for a nine-year-old. Yeah. I'm always telling my kids, you know, you've, you've got to, you know, even as a bully or whatever, you've got to just stop it. Yeah. And and speaking out is a big thing. And it doesn't mean just racism, but like crimes or anything that's bullying anything. Speaking out is very powerful. Yeah. And how do people have that voice? So the other thing is representation. I, one of the things that VAS does is we believe, our core belief is that the best way to, to counter racist attitudes and is to share stories, mm -hmm. to see ourselves out there in mainstream media and film and television, because we then become part of this greater society. If we're not represented, then we're always seen as other in our yeah. own country. And that's something that we really believe in. And that's what we work towards is just more representation and more of our stories being shared out there so that we become 
sort of part of this whole Canadian tapestry. Like we're part of society. We are not, you know, one generation away from being sent back home. Yeah. Type of attitude. So what you said in the beginning is we've had these discussions where we were, oh, we were making so much progress, yeah. like you said, with rich Asians and Parasite. And we barely had a month to celebrate these, these games when, all, when we took like three steps back. Yeah. And fortunately, some of these racist sort of attacks are happening to people who may not be Chinese, who sort of look Asian. Yeah. And, you know, I, I read a story in Montreal that the Inuit, there are some Inuit in Montreal that were being attacked because hmm. people thought they were Chinese. Yeah. So sad. It's it's incredibly sad. I mean, I also know there has been an uptick in racism against the Filipino community, you know, uh, not solely because of how, you know, a lot of people can tell the differences between different groups of Asians, but, you know, because Mm -hmm. they, they, uh, there's a huge outbreak in some poultry plants where often it's, it's Filipino immigrants go to work. You know, and yeah. so they're the ones getting sick, you know, and so therefore there is racism and hatred. You know, Barbara, I'm wondering, though, all the stuff that I listed off at the at the top and also as somebody who is such a fan of your festival and such a fan of the filmmakers and voices we have in town you know these Asian Canadian filmmakers people like Mayumi Yoshida and uh, Lee Shorten you know and Joella Caballo people who have been working really hard to you know create work and and tell stories and have been recognized for it do you think do you think when all of this is said and done and we are past COVID-19 that we are going to have to do a lot of rebuilding to get back to to all of our gains? Or is it really a two steps forward, three steps back as far as representation and diversity and all of those discussions that we were having? Well, I, I would hope that 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 this whole racism isn't the I hope that there is going to be thoughtfulness in the industry of how we can move past this and continue on that trajectory that we were having in terms of the representation on film and television. Yeah. And these filmmakers art that you listed are great. They're great friends of VAF mm-hmm. with many of them starting out here with some of the first early films here at our festival. So we want to reach out to them and we want to keep the message going. And and I think part of the advocacy work that we're doing is to get the media um, platforms to start to show more mm. and saying this is one way to for you to do your part is to show more of these stories because that's going to help. And we're hoping that after this all blows over, if whatever the new normal will be, that we won't really be far behind, but that all our stories will be told. It's not just going to be this COVID and racism story. That's one thing I am worried about, that all these stories are going to talk about that, which is more than that. Yeah. So, but it takes all of us, it takes all the filmmakers and everybody pushing and saying, we need to be shown our our works need to be shown and it's not and don't pigeonhole us into just one sort of story type yeah we contain multitudes 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it seems it seems strange to say this, but I am looking forward to to watching all of the yeah. all of the different PSAs and to hear all of these different uh, points of view. Yeah, I'm really excited. If you can help us spread the word too, that would be great. I think more people know about more people telling their story. Yeah. Um, that it will only help the whole community. Yeah. We need to know that this exists and how do we counter it and how do we move forward from this? Yeah. And how do we not let it happen again? Because it's sad to say that we are one virus away from hate raising its ugly head again. Yeah. Um, where can people go to learn more? Let's plug all the pluggables then to make sure that people know where to go to learn how they can create and then ultimately watch the PSAs. Yes. So go to a lemon, E L I M I N the number eight, hate dot dash dot org. Okay. Dot org. So let me say that again. Yeah. E-L-I-M-I-N, number eight, hate, at DAF.org, hashtag eliminate hate. Um, go to there, search it where you can find us, or go to VAF.org, www.vaff.org. We have links there from our film festival. Uh, come out to our festival. We have a diversity in filmmaking panel series, a virtual panel series that's happening over the month of May to support Asian Heritage Month. Oh. So we will be, yeah, so we, Mayumi and Natch are going to be producing those. Yay! So yeah, so we have four diversity and filmmaking panels that are happening online. It's free. We have panelists talking about their experience, giving tips and um, to help Filmmakers who are just starting out and also people in their mid-careers just trying to get stories and ways to create their content during this COVID time. Yeah. So, And I will say I participated in a, di- a VAF diversity in filmmaking uh, panel a couple of years ago at the Museum of Vancouver. It was about um, media and representation in media and, you know, having sat through the entire day, like there's a lot of it's it's worth the time it's time well spent uh i will also make sure that we get links to everything that barbara mentioned in the footnotes for this episode thank you thank you i really appreciate it and i really appreciate the work you're doing to help representation and getting all this information out to the public thank you i love vaf so much um Uh, as far as you know the the future of the festival. Have you even started to think that far ahead that at this point? Um, well, we, you know, we're making contingency plans in case there is either not a full, um, like we can't have movie theaters fully attended. Yeah. So we have that contingency plan. We have it in case that I hope not. A second wave comes and they shut down again. So I'm crossing that. my fingers and toes because your I festival know. is usually in November, right? We are in November. So there's two things that we are in the event that we can't have it and the event that everybody has postponed their event to be around the same time as our event. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make sure that we can, you know, get pe- get through the clutter of 
everything that's happening as well. Oh, but, I am so you know, hungry for events, though. I will be going to everything I and just know. eating it all up. I miss everything and everyone. But, you know, we're all doing our part. So, yeah. all right. Well, if, if, I just want to make one more say one more thing. If it doesn't happen this year, next year is our 25th anniversary. Wow. So we're going to go big. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Well, I look forward to covering that when the time comes. Thank you, Barbara, so much for spending time with us. And I do hope that you have a happy Asian Heritage Month. Thank you. I wish everybody a happy Asian Heritage Month and hope to see you at Dallas and send in your videos to eliminate hate. Yes. (laughs) No, that's hashtag elimin number eight hate. Another message to our listeners. I have many new episodes of the YVR Screen Scene podcast in the can and ready to go. I will continue to release new episodes twice a week. This in addition to the 80 episodes we've already released in the last year. We've got you covered and we'll also continue to record new episodes over Skype. Keep in touch with us on social media at YVR Screen Scene and by email at Sabrina at YVR Screen Scene. You are not alone. We are going to get through this. Thanks for listening. This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com. <laughs>